Welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is fitting of orthokeratology in the United States, a survey of the current state of orthokeratology. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our topical expert, Dr. Michael Lipson, and our topical lead editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be here with Dr. Michael Lipson. My name is Dave Kading. Welcome to the American Academy of Optometry Clinical Podcast Series. Dr. Lipson, how are you doing today? Very well. It's a beautiful summer in Michigan, so uh, yeah. things are great. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about this particular publication. Oftentimes what we do in this clinical podcast series is we ask an expert to talk to us about a publication that somebody else wrote. But in this case, we have the author himself. We're going to be speaking about fitting of orthokeratology in the United States, a survey of the current state of orthokeratology, which is an amazing publication by our very own Dr. Michael Lipson. Uh, Dr. Lipson, why is this topic in this paper important to optometrists? Give us kind of like a 30-second overview of why and what you all did here. Well, many of us have been practicing orthokeratology for many years, but within the specialty of ortho-K, really, those of us within the community know very little about who is fitting ortho-K, how many doctors are fitting it, how many patients have been fit uh, or currently being treated. And this paper really provides the results of an independent survey of the U.S. ortho-K market. So it, it can give us an idea where we stand and serve as a baseline for uh, future studies on this. How did you go about coming up with the number of ODs and what was that number? Well, that was one of the really fascinating parts of this. What we uh, did, we combined two different methods, one of which um, was in cooperation with the major manufacturers. And we queried them and they gave us responses relative to the number of not just certified people, but those who are active fitters, meaning who have ordered at least um, like five lenses within the last year or five yeah. patient lenses over the last year. And that number came up with 3,000 in the United States, eye care practitioners who are actively prescribing ortho-K. Uh, obviously, there are many, many more than that that are certified who, for one reason or another, are not fitting them now. But that 3,000 number obviously represents only about 7.6% of the ODs in the U.S. And yeah. um, one of the really fascinating parts of this relative to that number is that 9% of that total, or about 270 doctors, actually see about 90% of the total ortho-K fits during the year. Wow. Um, and so it, it, approximately, do you, do you have an idea of approximately how many patients that is per year that that t nine, 10% is seeing? Well, there, there are somewhere around 20 new patients a month. Okay. 
but so that anyways, would be a big, big ortho K practice in, in the country by these yes. statistics is 20 ortho K patients a month. Yep. But basically that number of 3000 was arrived at in cooperation with the major manufacturers, but it was also um, another method where we actually took some of the responses from the people who are here about the number of fits that they have, the number of companies uh, that they use or prescribe lenses from. And it was yep. back calculated backwards to kind of figure out how many doctors were fitting them. And it came up yeah. almost exactly the same around 3000. What about the patients that are being fit? What, what kind of patients are being fit into, into ortho K age, refractive error, reason for fit and so forth? Well, the major reason that patients are being fit is to control myopic progression or axial elongation. You and I have um, seen that shift in our lifetime, haven't we? Where that's we, we, we uh, certainly that's have. Shifted. Um, I think it, the, the number that stated in the question was 56% said that that was the number one reason that they prescribe orthokeratology. And um, the majority of the patients who are fit are children. Um, there's a wide range of refractive parameters that are fit on the, uh, the kids and the, as well as adults. But 24% um, of the respondents said that they would fit a patient up to six diopters. 14% said they'd go up to seven, 12% up to eight diopters. 10% responded that they have no limit. <laughs> so basically, uh, if you took all those and combined them together, uh, about 60% of the doctors who are fitting ortho-K would fit a six diopter myope if they walked in the door. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of bleeds into the next question that I had is <laughs> describe for me a typical ortho K practice in the United States based on the data that you had. So based far on the survey, that's a great question. And it, you can't totally give an average, but the general profile is it's an optometrist. 87% of uh, the ortho K practitioners are ODs as a result mm -hmm. in this survey. 75% uh, of which are in either a solo or a group practice. Um, and the other interesting thing I, I found was the uh, experience and the uh, number of years that the doctors have been practicing in general. 44% of our respondents in the survey have been pra in practice for 20 years or more, but there's 23% who've been in practice six years or less. Wow. And if you take that, and then the next question is 24% have been fitting ortho-K for 15 years or more, but there's 32%, pretty significant amount, a third have been fitting ortho-K two years or less. You know, so that speaks to a, a kind of an interesting number is if your data was surveying people who, from a large group who had... Uh, you know, prescribed ortho gay lenses in the last five years, uh, a large population of them are brand new fitters. Exactly. And that uh, speaks to that, you know, we have great hope for orthokeratology growth, hopefully, in the future based off of these, these this large group. Uh, the survey results show that there's a huge growth potential for ortho K. Mm -hmm. It's 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 fascinating to see that uh, I, I guess a number of patients, a number of doctors, who have stopped fitting ortho K. About half of those who have already fit and stopped 
said they anticipate that they are going to start within the next two years. Again, restart. Okay, there you go. Going to get back into it. Hopefully, uh, COVID was what put them out of it, and now they're going to jump Maybe. right back in. Yeah, well, your study was very comprehensive. You spoke in your in your survey about tons of other things that we don't have time to cover here. But what would you say are some of the surprising things that you can briefly tell us about uh, that we haven't covered so far? I guess the first thing that jumped out at me, as somebody who is experienced with OrthoK and very comfortable with it, is we asked the respondents who were not fitting OrthoK, um, why don't you fit OrthoK? Simple mm, question. question. We came up with three primary responses. Number one was the high cost for patients. 33% of the people gave that response. Uh, secondly, the response was, I feel patients are not interested. That blew me away. <laughs> okay. Patients not interested. I mean, we talk about this. The interest level just goes through the roof. It's crazy, but 31% of the doctors who are not fitting ortho K said that they feel patients aren't interested. And the third major reason was that they felt ortho K had too much chair time. So um, less commonly mentioned reasons included, it's not been proven effective, which again, blows me away because there's so many studies uh, validating the efficacy and patient interest and, and everything else. So I think there's a lot of uh, just ignorance about the subject. So yeah, I, I think I've said this before is that 100% of the patients that I didn't bring ortho K up to chose not to do it. Right. So <laughs> uh, if you're not bringing it up, they're not going to go for it. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, you know, cost is definitely something that is there. Uh, because there may be a higher chair time, it, you know, when you do it more, your chair time goes down. But, um, you know, cost of lenses are super competitive with, you know, to the to the doctor is super competitive to what a soft contact lens cost would be a year supply of daily disposables to me, not the patient. You know, I, it'd be a lot cheaper for an ortho K the, the chair time goes into it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, we do need to look at the economics and continue to refine that, making sure the doctor is protected, but also we can hope for the patient closing thoughts. What, what, what else do you think here? Anything else that you would add here in closing? I just think it's going to become um, expected by doctors that they will offer this. I think yeah, it's yeah. going to be a routine procedure. And if the doctors are not promoting it, they should refer to somebody who is. And uh, if you're not doing it, you should get into it. Don't be afraid of it. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's very rewarding uh, from a practice standpoint and uh, from patient feedback, it's very rewarding. And it, it's also can be a very profit, profitable. Yeah. Well, as a clinician and a patient and, uh, you know, somebody who owns a practice, I can say yes, yes, and yes to all of those things, wearing OrthoK myself, my daughter is doing myopia management with OrthoK, and, uh, you know, it's a big, it's a big part of our practice from a revenue standpoint. I would say that when, when you, when you delve into this, it's a really good thing to help uh, grow our practice. And we sure appreciate this survey, uh, shed so much light on things that we didn't even know we didn't know. Uh, a really, really cool survey. Thank you. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, I hope we can, uh, 
maybe spend a little more time doing it another time. Absolutely. Uh, we sure appreciate your contribution to the Academy. And thank you for joining us for the American Academy of Optometry Foundation's clinical podcast series. Make sure to like and subscribe so you can stay in tune for future episodes. Thank you. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.